always thought of that phrase of Don Bosco that he used with his voice, right? Here in your midst, I feel completely at home. So it's been 43 years. You know, not that it's always been perfect or easy, but it's always been home. You know how you have that feeling like, I always say this, you know you're in the right place if everything around you is a complete insane asylum (laughs) and there's a million things happening, you don't know which end is up. There's things flying all over the place, but your heart is at peace. That's how you know you're in the place where God wants you. Welcome back, everybody, to Valdoco, the Salesian Family Podcast. I'm Father Steve. I'm Vicky. And we are here with our special guest today. We have Father Lou. Hi, Father Lou. Hi, Father Steve. Hi, Vicky. Hi, Father Lou. Welcome back. Thanks. Good to be here. Long time ago. It was. It was like one of the first episodes. Mm-hmm. Yes, and now I'm back for another episode. Yes. Very exciting. Yeah. And very soon we are celebrating the Feast of St. John Bosco. We're actually recording this on the Feast of St. Francis de Sales, yes. which is a great blessing. So we say happy feast day of St. Francis de Sales. We ask him to intercede for us as we prepare to celebrate the Feast of St. John Bosco on January 31st. And so we thought about bringing on Father Lou to give us a little, a little, a little talk, a little conversation about this great saint, our, our father, our founder, St. John Bosco. But first... Let's talk about Christmas. Oh my gosh, <laughs> what? Oh my goodness. I know, he does these things. Just these things, no? What about Christmas, Father Lou? How was your Christmas? How was your New Year starting off? Well, my Christmas was great. A wonderful time with the community here in New Rochelle. And I uh, uh, had the chance to go out for Mass to the uh, Bridgentine Sisters oh. up in Darien, Connecticut for their evening Mass at 10 p.m., which was just beautiful. Nice. And stayed afterwards for the Office of Readings, uh, which I don't get a chance to celebrate in common too often. We don't do that yeah. in common. And then uh, later on in the day, we had a chance as a Salesian family to celebrate here. Um, we had our Kris Kringle, which was rather fun. <laughs> <laughs> Father Dave was the one who uh, got my gift. Okay. And Father Dave actually got in touch with my sister via Facebook to find out what I could use. Because I couldn't figure out... Who was giving me Bomba socks? Oh my God! I love Your Bomba socks. socks because for every pair you buy, they give one pair to the homeless wow. and to shelters. Beautiful. So Father Dave, I got in touch with my sister, but then I had Father Steve, <laughs> and uh, had he did one- well. Everybody, he did really well. I was well, spoiled. Spoiled. Well, well, let me tell you, it was a great joy to do it. But the even. More sacrifice for me was having to go to a sporting goods store, <laughs> which I haven't been to since like 1974. Uh, but it was great. It was a lot of fun. And then spending time with my family, which was nice. Uh, both my nephews and their wives and my little great niece came in the following weekend. And so we had a chance to all be together really for the first time in many, many years. So awesome. that was my Christmas. Father Steve, yeah. how was yours? Yeah, good. Same. Yeah. Uh, spending with the community, but then I did get to go see family. I saw my two sisters down in Baltimore for uh, for a couple days, and then my best friend from uh, from college. I got to see him for New Year's and his family and his baby girl. So it was it was good. Nice. It was a good, uh, yeah, relaxing. Good to be with family. Nice way to end the year. Yes. It's good. Vicky? Mine was good. It was good. Got to go home, which was so good, and uh, be with my family, celebrate my grandma's birthday, and then um evening mass with my godmother and my sister which is like packed 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 mass which is beautiful and um yeah and then got to see my dad and and also my my best friend from college spent new year's together super chill just watching the movie new year's uh on new year's which is great um 
So it was good and no, nothing like it. Just to go home, relax, and then come back refreshed. And then we had the January retreat that we all were just on last two weekends ago on Martin Luther King weekend. Um, six of our parishes and schools came up. Um, that was and last it was good. weekend. Last weekend. weekend. Yeah. Well, by the time it comes out, two oh, weeks okay. for them. Yeah, I'm sorry. One week from now. Yeah, two weeks for, gotcha. for okay. I don't know, whatever, life. <laughs> so hard. Um, but yeah, so it was really good. Um, good to be with the group. Um, for the first time in since the pandemic, since January 2020, and um, kind of introducing a new retreat, uh, Welcome to Valdoco. Um, so just really laying the foundation and seeing and hoping that's something that's helpful for for our work. So it was really good. I love that it was all Salesian places. Um, yeah, so it's been good. And then now we're just getting ready for the March retreat. And I mean, our February is a little wild. Faludu is hardly here. Um, yeah, so it's it'll be good. And then are either of you New Year's resolutions people or word of the year people? Uh, mm. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of my New Year's resolutions is always uh, to recommit myself in my life to eating healthily and getting exercise. Mm. So not too bad so far. A couple of little slip-ups, you know, a few little holidays thrown in at the beginning of New Year's, which I think... It's rather tough when you make a New Year's resolution and then there's a holiday. <laughs> That's true. But uh, I always try to do that because, uh, you know, trying to, uh, you know, trying to remember that, you know, we're all temples of the Holy Spirit. So, mm-hmm. you know, you know, as our body goes, so sometimes does our soul. Yeah. So if we're, you know, kind of controlled with what we do, you know, you know, to our bodies and with our bodies, it also helps to, you know, enrich the spiritual life. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's Amen. my continuous New Year's Amen. resolution. How about you, Vicky? Uh, just movement, I think, in general, um, like conscientious movement. And then also I'm trying to do Bible in a year. So right now um, on day 20, whatever day it is, what day is it today? The 24th. So it's day 24 of reading. Um, it is, yeah, when you're tired to sacrifice, but it's good. It's been really good. Um, I think to know slowly more like intimately the characters that are characters, real people that are like written in um and to just yeah to journey along um not really using like uh mother father uh mike schmidt's like voice all the time so some days like i do want a little reflection at the end but really just trying to like read um yeah so it's been good um yeah father steve yours i'm not much of a resolutions guy but i'm a a word of the year guy Mm -hmm. okay so me and a friend we did uh they had like a little process that you go and kind of trying to find out what your year, your word for the year is. And mine is courageous. Oh. Wow, yeah. <laughs> so the idea of, okay, God gave gifts, but sometimes mm-hmm. out of fear, maybe we don't use them or mm. we misuse them or we're scared to use them or, or we're scared to try something new or to put ourselves out there. So for this year, we'll see what happens. But that could be, courageous. Could be a dangerous. great moment of divine providence, Father Steve. Could. So we'll see. Yes. <laughs> We'll see. But that's the word of the year. and uh, But it's good. 2023, we begin. And it's yep. nice for us Salesians because January is our, really our big saints, mm-hmm. right? So we have uh, St. Francis de Sales, St. John Bosco, Laura Vicuña. Who else is in there? Um, Rua. Variara. Variara. Rua. Wasn't Rua the other day? No? Nope. nope. Just kidding. Forget nope. I said Laura Vicuña. We said uh, uh, Bronislav Markevich. Yep. Um, yeah. So we got, yeah. Good. And now we're... We're in the middle of the novena, or a couple of days into the novena to St. John Bosco, mm-hmm. and so we just thought we'd start our Valdoco episodes again with speaking about St. John Bosco, and 
for me, uh, you can go on Google, you can do your research, there's videos out there, you can know who St. John Bosco is, but you can't know who St. John Bosco is according to Father Lou. Mm. <laughs> That's pretty good. Okay, Father Lou. I like Steve. that, Father Steve. So here we have Father Lou here, and my first question, I didn't really prep him for this because... I like spontaneity. I like to be... He's just helping other people be courageous. <laughs> and I'm a math and science teacher by trade, so I like preparedness. So that's why Father Steve and I compliment each other in the Office of Youth and Young Adult Ministry of the province. Yeah, but the question is, when you were a kid, Father Lou, you, you grew up with the Slesians or you knew the Slesians. Yes. You weren't always maybe taught by them, but I don't know, the figure of St. John Bosco to you, if you can think about little Louis back in the day, growing up, going through school maybe hearing the stories, meeting Slesians along the way. Uh -huh. uh, what was that for you? Or who was St. John Bosco as a figure to you, as somebody that you heard about or you see or you interacted with the Slesians uh, when, you were on a, when you were younger? Right. Well, I was blessed growing up in Malwa, New Jersey, uh, that we had a Slesian parish in our town, which was Immaculate Heart of Mary, which was founded by the same Slesians that founded uh, Don Bosco Prep. Mm. And so uh, when my family uh, moved about six blocks and changed states <laughs> from New York to New Jersey, we moved from Suffern, New York to Malwa, New Jersey, um, at that time you had to be in the parish that was in your town. You couldn't just go to any parish you wanted to. You, you belonged to the parish, and there were two parishes in the town. Um, the one closest to us was the Salesian Parish. And when my father had moved here to that town from the city with his mother after his father died, um, he went to the other parish, but his stepfather went to this parish, the Salesian Parish, and had been in that parish all of his life. And so um, when it came time to go to school, uh, my parents enrolled me in the Salesian Elementary School of Immaculate Heart of Mary in Malwa, New Jersey. Uh, my family knew a lot about Don Bosco because uh, my father grew up in New York City at the beginning of his life, was baptized in the Church of the Transfiguration on Mott Street in wow. Lower Manhattan, which yeah. when he was baptized was a Salesian parish there. In fact, it was really neat when I made my final vows in 1987, my grandmother was with me and she met the priest who married her and her first husband in 1928, who wow. was still alive, wow. Father Virginio Mancini. Wow. Um, so we have Salesian roots, but my experience did not come at the beginning of my uh, school life with hearing stories of Don Bosco. But what it did come with was uh, something I think which was pretty unique. And I tell this story all the time when I talk about Salesian experience. So... It was very common in my elementary school. We all had lunch at the same time. Uh, but it was like 1966, 1967. So uh, at lunchtime, the playground was separated into boys and girls because we weren't allowed to fraternize. <laughs> uh, we were taught by the Felician sisters from Lodi, New Jersey, which was a Polish community, who were some of the most superb educators I have ever had. And I'm very blessed to have had them. And um, they were devotees of St. John Bosco. And they followed the preventive system. That's how, they, that's how they did things. But when it came to lunchtime, when I was really young, they went to the convent for lunch. And the supervisors on our playground were the two Salesian priests in the parish. And I have a vivid thought in my mind. 
and a memory of lunch with the pastor, Father Joseph Hollick, who would have been in his late 60s at that time, uh, in the girls' section of the playground. And I remember him double-dutch jump roping <laughs> with girls, <laughs> cassock flying and everything. <laughs> That's funny. And then Father Al Sokol, who was another Salesian, uh, who was the parochial vicar at that time, would be in the boys' section, and he would be moderating a game of football, supposedly touch football. But if you knew Father Al, Father Al's hands were about as big as the table we're sitting at. <laughs> and when he would touch you, you would, you know, go up in the air and hit the ground. And so it wasn't uncommon to see kids coming back into school with torn pants and things <laughs> oh like that gosh. going back to class. But it was fun, and they loved it. You know, so... Um, when I started to read the stories of Don Bosco when I was older, let's say in the sixth grade and the seventh grade, when we actually started to learn about Don Bosco more, um, I began to see that, you know, these men that I had in, in my parish, they, you know, of course they were his sons mm -hmm. because that's the way they act. And they never seemed happier than when they were with us. And so, you know, that, that has an impact when you're like a little kid, yeah. you know, and I kept telling myself, you know, I want to be as happy as they are, you know. Now, I'm sure they weren't perfect, uh, but to me, you know, I only saw them when they were with us and they were happy with us. <laughs> mm -hmm. I do remember Father Hollick coming around uh, to the classrooms every day. And I remember having to get your report card from Father Hollick. So oh you'd gosh. be sitting there in your desk, <laughs> you know, <horrible>. and <laughs> you'd, have, you know, you'd get called up by name and you know, Father would look at the report card. He'd look at you and. He would just point. <laughs> oh my gosh! And you would just say, "I know, Father. I know, I know. I'll do better. I'll do better. I'll do better." I'll do better. Um, I also, when I was when I was in grammar school, I was an altar boy. So um, for years, I served the six thirty a.m. mass. Oh my gosh! My father would drop me off uh, because he would go to work. Mm. Uh, where he would he would uh, drop me off. Um, and uh, then I would serve usually the 6.30 and the 7 o'clock Mass. And then my parents had made an arrangement, I don't know how this ever worked, that I had breakfast every morning with the sisters in the convent. Imagine what that was like. <laughs> A little kid, eight, nine years old, with six like no Felicia sisters, who were wonderful, like I said, but still, like, they, were, they took very good care. So yeah, oh I, I knew Don Bosco before I knew Don Bosco. Mm. I knew about loving kids. I knew about kindness. I knew about family. Uh, I knew about reason, religion, active presence. I mean, it was all there. Mm -hmm. And then when I, um, when I graduated from eighth grade at Immaculate Heart of Mary, a group of my friends were going to another Catholic high school close by. Um, so I joined them because I wanted to be with my friends. It wasn't the Salesian High School at Don Bosco Prep. It was a great school. It was St. Joseph's High School in Montvale, New Jersey, run by the Zaverian Brothers. And so I went, um, and the school was great, lots of brothers, you know, things like that, but I wasn't happy. My, my soul wasn't happy. I, I, I had this sadness, not because the education wasn't great, but you know how you just think, I really shouldn't be here. There's, like something, I, there's something wrong with this. I, I can't mm. put my finger on it, but I'm not meant to be here. Mm. So with my father and mother's blessing... With the only caveat is you're not going to public school. That you will not go to public school. <laughs> yeah. You just will not. Uh, I went to Don Bosco Prep and met the, myself as a ninth grader. Met the principal, Father Glacken, and said I wanted to 
transferred to Don Bosco. He called my parents in, and the second semester of my freshman year, I transferred into Don Bosco Prep. Mm-hmm. And the first day I walked in, I walked to my homeroom, and there was a Salesian in my homeroom named Father Bob Seo, who's deceased now. He put his hand out, he welcomed me, and I just felt at home. So, you know, um, you know, we are called by name by God, you know, from the very beginning, you know, before you before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and I set you apart as a light to the nations. You know, God wanted me to be a Salesian. And um yeah, I did that little six month journey away from the Salesians and uh and it wasn't meant to be. God called <laughs> me much. back to the Salesians. Mm-hmm. You know, and then um yeah, so and I just had wonderful priest brothers and lay people in my school. Um, my first year at Don Bosco, I did not have a lay teacher. I had all Salesians. Wow. wow. Uh, young, young Salesians who are, would you know, take us places, play with us, get in trouble with us, with the director. It was great. You know? <laughs> Father Steve, you might know something about that. <laughs> yeah, you might know something about that. Um, but uh, but it, it just was, it was great fun. And then in, in my uh, junior year at Don Bosco, which would have been 1977, uh, the junior dean, Brother George Sheehan, who has died in these past few, well, maybe it's longer now, um, pulled me aside one day. Uh, actually, when Brother George pulled you aside, it was like, you know, it was a command performance. Like, it wasn't like, hey, you know, come by and see me sometime. No, it was like, no. <laughs> he said to me, he said, I think you would make a great Salesian. I think God's calling you to be a Salesian. And um, there's a vocation discernment weekend coming up at Don Bosco College in Newton, New Jersey in a few weeks. And I told the vocation director that you were going. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm going. Okay. okay. I'm going. <laughs> so yeah, I said, okay, I'm not going to tick off the dean. Of the dean. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm like, yes, brother, I'm going to vocation weekend. <laughs> uh, but honestly, if truth be told, before that, I had expressed a desire to my parents to go to the junior seminary in Goshen, New York, to the Aspirant State. My mother and father felt I was too young at that point. They wanted me to finish high school before I made that decision. Yeah. Um, so I did. And um, yeah, I walked into Don Bosco College as a candidate September 2nd, 1979. And um, what I saw there was what I saw in my parish and what I saw in my high school. And it was St. John Bosco. It was, it was joy. It was optimism. It was passion for young people. Uh, it was insane. <laughs> but it, but it, was, it, it was beautiful. You know, I felt right at home. And I always thought of that phrase of Don Bosco that he used with his voice, right? Here in your midst, I feel completely at home. And that's how I felt being in, in the midst of Don Bosco's sons. Here in your midst, I feel completely at home. So it's been 43 years and, uh, you know, not that it's always been perfect or easy, but it's always been home. You know how you have that feeling like, I always say this, you know you're in the right place if everything around you is a complete insane asylum <laughs> and there's a million things happening, you don't know which end is up, there's things flying all over the place, but your heart is at peace. Mm. That's how you know you're in the place where God wants you. And, you know, all the years I've been, you know, with the Salesians, the years I've been a school administrator and all that kind of stuff, yeah, there were days when they'd be like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> what's going to drop next? Yeah. But, but it always felt, I always felt like I was home, you know. So and I think that's what Don Bosco wanted. He wanted us, you know, he wanted this to be home. You know, even the way he would ask 
the voice of the oratory if they wanted to be Salesians, he would say, you know, would you stay here with Don Bosco? Mm. You know, would you stay with Don Bosco? I mean, you know, come share my home, mm. you know, which I always think is great. So, you know, my experience of Don Bosco was more practical. It was later on in, you know, in high school and in the seminary where I actually read the story. Right. But I lived the story all the days of my youth. Yeah. So I did, I mean, when I read the story, I went, Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. It checks out. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but it was more of that whole lived reality that what I found when I was, you know, when I came to the Salesians is that what I had lived all my life, so it was what was preached was practiced, mm-hmm. you know, so it was, you know, just a natural thing for me to do. And, you know, what I hope to do is I hope to do the same thing for young people. Yeah. Last night I had a great evening. I went to... St. John Bosco Parish in Porchester and hung out with the youth group there at the Corpus Christi um, uh, Church. Although that's that's the name of the former parish there, but it's still part of St. John Bosco. And uh, just hanging out with those kids, you know, that phrase, here in your midst, I feel completely at home. You know, so, so that's, 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 my, uh, that's my Salesian story. That's yeah. my Don Bosco story. Yeah, I mean, he, he was a genius in doing this. Yeah, and it's beautiful... Because I think that's how it happens very often is because of the environment. You know, Damasco really believed that it was the environment that formed and you went through a place and you kind of get the feel for things before you, before you get the words or before you get the description or the vocabulary. So it it's happens to so many people. They come into a Salesian work and they start to feel the welcome. They start to feel the joy. They start to feel the presence and all the things that were taught, but they don't understand necessarily what it is or they can't describe it. A lot of our young people too, I think they... They know something about being Salesian. They can feel it. There's something different. They want to live that way too, but they don't necessarily have the vocabulary mm-hmm. to like explain it right away. And yeah. then later on, okay, maybe they hear the stories and then they start to um, get the vocabulary. And you know, because Saint John Bosco didn't, um, yeah, didn't put everything in writing right away. Right. Like it was more of environment and feel and something that's caught. And and then later on, okay, now we have descriptions and smart people have written written books and right. we have all these things, blah, blah, blah. But really it comes down to the fact that we can enter into a place and our hearts start to change because of the, because of the environment. Or mm-hmm. we're, we're attracted to St. John Bosco because of the way things are lived and the way things are done. And the fact that every time I look, I'm looking across the, whole, the thing, there's a candle of St. John Bosco, right? And he's always got that smile on, right? It's a, that saint that's just like, hey, what's up? <laughs> you're, you're welcome here. Uh, let's let's walk together. There's something beautiful here for you, so you're welcome. So it's uh, it's nice, right? And I, you know, I think it's great too. You know, that um, he had to be mandated by the Holy Father to, to write, write <laughs> yeah. his yeah. book. Yeah, you know, at a certain point, you know, like Holy Father was like, okay, <laughs> enough, <laughs> sit down and write. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you're right. It's something. Cl- I mean, even we we put such a we put such an emphasis nowadays, uh, we, and we should, on pastoral planning, on long-term planning for our work and our ministry, uh, because that is our responsibility for the charism. Right. But I would venture to say most every one of us Salesians would put that aside in a heartbeat if there were a group of kids out there. Like later, I'll do that. That's where we go to relax. You know? mm-hmm. I just, it, so, anyway. Did you have a similar experience? Like you have like, I mean, now you're working in the office, now you read books, now you have, have the vocabulary and you're supposed to do the planning, but that wasn't always the way in high yeah. school. Yeah, and it was, it was different. I had come from a Carmelite school, 
Um, and I didn't, we didn't really like hear the name St. John Bosco. He definitely is in the school, which I learned later. Izzy took a picture one feast day and she was like, he was always here. He's like in the third floor uh, staircase, the top, like top corner. And I was like, when she showed that picture, I was like, oh my gosh, insane. But, um, yeah, I went to Immaculata LaSalle and we, I met the Salesians first on a, on a school visit. I met the sisters. So, um, in the Archdiocese of Miami, all the middle schools would tour the different um, Catholic high schools. Um, and we went during homecoming week. And I probably have told this story before, but I, right, Carmelites are amazing, amazing educators, right? All those things. But they're not going to change the way that they look for like the fun things that they're doing. They definitely played with us and stuff like that and um, definitely got in, got in on the fun. But like walking into a Salesian school was very different, like obviously it was homecoming week, it was high school, so you're already like taken aback and amazed, but like the sisters were dressed out like in the colors. So it was like red, purple, blue, and orange, I think are the, the, the class colors. And um, never had seen that before. And just like their involvement and the teachers were like, I don't know, just like they were in it, you know? Like it wasn't like, okay, they're cheering on the kids that are playing the game. Like, no, they were like in there playing the game. Um, and it just felt different. I think, um, obviously from like a, a different like education charism background, but I think even in comparison to the other schools, there just was something like tangibly different about the Salesian school. Um, a lot of joy, a lot of fun. Like you just knew that that's what you were getting into. And then, um, my best friend from growing up, her sister went to LaSalle. And so, you know, she would pick us up from school or she would be home like when we were, when I was over their house and just hearing about all the things that she was involved in and how much she enjoyed school. And um, yeah, I just had never heard that. My brother was in an all boys school and he did not come home saying those <laughs> things or, you know, my cousin was in an, an all girls school and I never heard those things from her and um, the religious orders that were there. So um, yeah, it was just different. And then going into school, I mean, like actually being there every single day, like we, you know, like learned and had fun and, you know, the fun days were important. You know, you still went to class and the fun day started with mass. And then the whole day was just like centered around everyone being outside together. Like everyone had an opportunity to, to play, to do something that was like fun for them. That was like, whatever, like it meant something. Um, and yeah, it was just super different. And then I think the, also the spirituality of the Salesians of the, like the generosity, like trying to live like as a missionary, like wherever you are, that really was, I don't know if it was just the class or I don't know, everyone was involved in service. And I think that was so different. Um, not to like so much of how we grew up, like we grew up always giving, but that it was like, go live your life in that way too. So it's not just, okay, like you, donate here or you give here or whatever, but it was like, go give your time. Um, so it was more than just like the service hours. Like I think everyone I graduated with, it would like, wasn't a big deal that you had 200 service hours at the end. Like, um, so it just, I think that was also, I had no idea until later on, like that was so big in the Salesian charism that we're, we're, we're mission, like we're missionaries, right? Like people go out and they choose to like live that part of their vocation. So yeah, it was just different, super, you could just tell there was a spirit there and um, it was interesting. I think hearing my family talk about it uh, afterwards, like just how different my sister and I were compared to 
like other people that were my age in my family and our like family friends group. Um, just the things that we were doing, the things that we were involved in and like, why? Like no one stayed at school until 9 p.m. No one else did that. <laughs> my mom was like, why are you guys doing that all the time? <laughs> and it was just normal. Like you wanted to be there. You wanted to be involved. And the sisters were present, but they did a good job, I think, of teaching the lay people to do the same thing. That you had teachers that you wanted to be around. You had coaches you wanted to be around and genuinely cared about like who you are as a person. And um, like faith was integral. I think during the time that I was there, we saw like a big growth in ministry like so much that it, it was like the culture of the school was to go on retreat. Hmm. Whereas like, that's so strange. And it was so much that it was like a popular thing to do where they had to like restrict how many people were going because there wasn't enough leaders to handle 16 participants in a small group. Right. And like there weren't enough adult chaperones to make sure like not even, okay. Yes. The preventive system and, and like safe environments and things like that, that I know now, but literally it was too many to handle like too many small groups like and that's wild you know that maybe it didn't impact everybody in such a deep way then but that the option was there for everyone to go to show up to like even if it doesn't mean anything or or mean what it means now as an adult like you were still sitting in the presence of Jesus right you were still in adoration you still sat in a line for confession and you know received like the grace of reconciliation like all of these things still happened even if it was like oh i'm going cuz it's cool to go on retreat like the fact that going on retreat was cool like what the heck can you imagine that's like a weird thing that we have to like help our kids understand it's going to be hard going back to school like you might it might be hard for you, whatever. So, um, yeah, we do. I just had a very unique experience that I think it really shaped me. Like I really bought into it. It was something that I, it hit me in the right moment in the right place of my life and that I wanted more. And then I made good friends and like all of it makes sense now looking back. But then I was just like, Oh, I'm just, I'm involved. Like this is what I'm choosing to do with my free time or whatever. And like in the summer I wanted to go, to gospel roads. I wanted to go in college. I wanted to volunteer. I wanted, you know, I wanted to do the international gospel roads and things like that. Obviously attractive for a million reasons, but also that I got to do it with Salesian family. Um, and so, yeah, all of it in retrospect, of course, makes more sense. And, um, things that were so purposeful that to me were normal. Now I have to make sure that we're putting that same like purpose and thought into, into what we're doing and, and offering things that are, are meeting the needs of our young people in front of us. Um, but I can just only imagine like if I would have known, I would not have understood, you know, like if it would have been shared in such an explicit way, I would have had no idea of what I was like that. What I was living was so much more like rich for me and impactful than if somebody would have been like, okay, like read this story of St. John Bosco. Like we, you know, so it was, it was beautiful. It was good. Amen. Amen. But now we're in 2023. <laughs> yeah, we are. We're not in 1976, 79. Those were two years. I was, so yes, I was in 76 was his leadership retreat. And you graduated when? 2014. Oh 2014. <laughs> <laughs> I know. When you put in that perspective, it's... <laughs> oh, my. But now we're in 2023, and uh, St. John Bosco is still relevant. No, he's still yes. his mission, his his personality, his charism, the Salesian family, so on the spot here, Father Lou, I don't know if you have a a word or as you travel around, as you see all the different schools, you meet the different parts of the Salesian family, you see the different ministries, St. John Bosco is definitely there. 
the Sleazy Charisma is alive. People are doing a lot of really great things. But is there maybe one thing of St. John Bosco? Is there one part of the charism that needs to be emphasized or that you see is really working? Or I don't know, something about uh, this person, this because I think we need to be fascinated another another time about this person of St. John Bosco and how how beautiful his, his gift to the church. And sometimes we forget that, that the charism that was given to St. John Bosco back then for that time, something you said before, uh, we had a day of recollection yesterday and Father Lou gave a presentation and quoting the rector major saying that, you know, just as Don Bosco was meant for his time, like we too are meant for our time. So St. John Bosco is really relevant here and now. So I don't know if there's some... One thing that you can give for the Salesian family to say, okay, St. John Bosco's here, we love him, and we're trying to continue to follow in his mission and his footsteps. Yes. Okay. I do have something. Amen. <laughs> that if I had had longer yesterday, I would have gone into part two. Okay. Which is the reflection <laughs> on mm. the Rector Major Strata, which I didn't get to because supper was on the table, you know. <laughs> you don't stand go. between men and in their there. dinner. <laughs> um, no, I, I would say there are two words that remain timeless in our Salesian family that characterize our father and founder, Don Bosco, that we, I think, need to buy into and live better. At least I do. And that is fidelity and adaptability. Fidelity to the charism. The charism that Don Bosco gave us is a gift of the Holy Spirit for the young. The way we live with and accompany young people has not changed over the years. The fidelity to that charism needs to remain, you know. And as Don Bosco told us in his treatise on the preventive system, it will challenge the adult accompaniers a lot because it requires great sacrifice to be with the young and to be with the young in situations that are not easy. The world today is challenging for young people, but it was challenging in 1846 too, in a different way. But there's new challenges today. You know, we're looking at all of those, uh, I think squarely we're trying to. And because of that, because of the challenges, we have to be adaptable to make sure that we are going purposely to look for the young who are poorest and most in need. And that poverty takes many forms, and that most in need takes many forms. So if we're faithful to our charism, the Holy Spirit will lead us to where we're supposed to be ministering and working. I often say this, you know, if Don Bosco, and I said this last night to the Salesians here in the community, if Don Bosco was born in 1915 rather than 1815 and became a priest in 1941, which was the middle of the Second World War, and then developed his work with an oratory and a home for kids in 1946, post-World War II. And if he built the Basilica of Mary, Help of Christians in 1962, what would he be like to, what would be different? What would be different is that he would be finding those pockets of young people and young adults most in need. What would be the same is the charism and the spirit with which he would do it. You know, he would gladly, he would embrace the Second Vatican Council and its call to lay leadership and lay collaboration. I mean, that's what he was doing, you know? 
I always love the story, and you know, I can't remember where it is, but it's one of my favorite stories. It's in the biographical memoir somewhere. Um, I'm sorry, I don't have that. You know, <laughs> dare you. page page you know, seventy six, <laughs> paragraph B, and volume seventeen. I don't have that. <laughs> but there was a Jewish man that wanted to help him, and he sent him to teach catechism. I mean, like, think about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, he got. He, he, I'm sure it's somebody looked at that a little bit of askance, you know. But in this age of lay leadership, you know, and lay collaboration in the church and the spirit of the Second Vatican Council, the call to holiness that we all have, um, Don Bosco would have embraced that, but he would have been faithful to his charism. So fidelity and adaptability. We, we, somebody will hear this and not like me, but that's okay. (laughs) But I'll pray for them. Um, we can't just keep doing things because that's the way we've always done them. Mm-hmm. We can't be comfortable because the the world of young people is organic. It changes constantly. I, I you know I think the first time I stepped in a classroom was 1984 to teach, and I look at the world today. The last time I was in a classroom, which was 2021, it's a different world. You know, mm-hmm. it's a different it's a different reality. The needs of kids is so much greater. But the charism is still valid. How we adapt ourselves, you know, to doing whatever we can to bring the young to Christ, that has never changed, and that will never change. So that's a long way of saying fidelity and adaptability. Beautiful. Amen. And I think it's a good invitation for all of us as we, okay, as we have this novena, celebrate St. John Bosco, uh, St. Francis de Sales, but to do some work, you know, there's so many resources out there. There's so many videos that we can, you know, take a little bit of time. I know going through formation, a lot of times I was reading other books, other spiritual authors, other spiritual books that weren't Salesian, which, okay, it's fine. I mean, we need to be nourished in different ways, but really to, to take the time and to, to dive into the Salesian charism, to learn about St. Francis de Sales, to learn about St. John Bosco, to learn how things are done, the stories, all the saints in the Salesian family, right? There's so much richness there. And so to, in order to be faithful to the charism we really need to know it and those who lived it and and try to be faithful and then to be close to the young people so that we can be like know their needs and then to be able to be creative and adaptive to to that so i think that's a that's a beautiful call for us to yeah dive in get to know the charism more and more be faithful to that and then go out there and uh yeah work be missionaries be courageous creative whatever needs to be done to like you said lead the young people to christ true amen amen good job father lou thank you for your wisdom for your time for your presence oh it's my pleasure anytime and now we want your prayers (laughs) (laughs) so we'll just finish off this episode with with a prayer yes in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit Amen. amen god our father we thank you for giving us saint john bosco the father and teacher of the young he gave his life and labored among the young for the salvation of their souls May we follow his example and give all that we can to make sure that young people come closer to Christ. May our witness, our invitation, and our accompaniment give rise to new vocations in the Salesian family so that others may see the joy within us and follow after your son in the footsteps of St. John Bosco. And we make our prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.
St. Francis de Sales. Pray for us. St. John Bosco. Pray for us. Mary, help of Christians. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Father Lou. Thank you, Father Thank Steve you. and Vicky. Thank Good you so here. much. All right, everybody, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Yep. Go to Mass, if you can, on the piece of St. John Bosco. Amen. Find a church Find a anywhere, even if they don't say his name. Go. <laughs> God bless everybody. Bye, Bye everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.